Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Donna Scott. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hasn't He been good to us? Glory. I was deep, 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 deep down in bad pits of hell when God come to me. And since then, many times over, this is what I speak of tonight. Even the Lord's already spoken about what He wants to talk about tonight through the word that was released in Revelation about the eyes being a fire. We're going to speak of that tonight. It's so good to be with you. It's always good to be with you. What a privilege. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Victory. I see, I see some longtime friends. See the Summers. Good to see you, Linford. God bless you. I love you. So good to see all of you. Um, let's, go, let's go flow over to, uh, we've got a few things we're going to do tonight. I'm going to share from my heart for a little bit. Um, I want you to turn in your Bibles or just go over to around, let's see, Psalm 45. Praise the Lord. Let's continue to worship Him and just be very sensitive to what He wants to do here tonight. Let's don't put any limits on ourselves or on God, on what God might want to do. Amen? One thing I've learned over the years, I've been a Christian a long time, and whether I was pursuing God with my whole heart or whether I was floundering or whether I was running from Him, God always made me aware of His intention to want to bless me. His goodness overshadowed my wrong thinking. You know, the scriptures talk about the sower sowing and the harvester overtaking the sower. I'm a witness. God's goodness will overtake you while you're just trying to just do kingdom. You're just trying to get to Jesus. You're just being a Christian the best way you know how to be a Christian. And God's goodness will overtake you. There's a few things I want to talk about the house tonight, though. I've got a few things that I think God has graced me to see into just a little piece. You know, the Word says we know in part, we see in part. But there's coming a time, Sky, and we are at the door. The hour of the church age, we don't know where we are, and it doesn't really matter your eschatology. I'm not here to promote pre, mid, or post-trib, or try to define to you all the doctrines of the church. I'm here to increase your capacity to believe and receive. I want to encourage you to keep stretching. No matter where you are with God, how long you've been serving with God, what your function is in the body of Christ, what you've known yourself to do and be in the body of Christ, get ready for more. It's going to change. If you haven't heard the call yet, it's all hands on deck. The call has gone out. It's no time to be half in. If you're not all in, you got to get all in. And if you leave here tonight and you're not sure that you're all in, there's a house full of people that I know and myself, I can help you be assured that you're all in. He is so limitlessness in the fullness of who He is. His mercy endures forever his throne is righteousness and justice that's our God that's who we are as he is it says so are we my God help me Jesus I'll try not to get ahead of myself somebody asked me what it was like last time I spoke I had quite a few people tell me oh I'd never seen you like that before Miss Dawn I said neither had I And every time I speak, it's a little different. So um, I I want to plant a few seeds and lay a little bit of groundwork before I get to fully where I'm going. But the limitlessness of God is the fullness of knowing that you have no limits. Come on now. Jesus, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost is the fullness of who God is, right? There's seven spirits of God. You know the Bible. Word of knowledge, the spirit of knowledge, 
He's the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of the knowledge of God, the fear of the Lord, might, counsel, wisdom. These are the fullness of how he expresses himself. And in those seven spirits of God, Jesus, the Father, the Holy Ghost, function in those expressions of the seven spirits of God. Now, that's really not what I'm here to talk about. I'm just trying to lay some groundwork. So what I want to talk about tonight is the eyes of, of Jesus and, and how they are a fire. God, you know, it says in Hebrews um, it, that he's a consuming fire. So as our walk with God continues and as we continue to transform, I feel that. I just felt something right there. We are constantly being transformed. It's a finished work. Okay, let's just go back to that. It's a finished work. It's a finished work. But yet, we work. I know. It's all those paradoxes, right? Love, you know, your neighbor as yourself. But then if you want to be a disciple, you got to take up your cross and deny yourself, all those paradoxes. He's got all these contradictions, but really, when you get to know him, you see that it's layer and layer and layer and layer of understanding of the knowledge of God, of the fear of God, of the wisdom of God, of the counsel of God, of the wisdom of God, the might of God. It's unending. We're going to live forever. If we're going to live forever then that means we're not ever going to exhaust the fullness of who he is and who we are. Right? It says, it says in John, most people in the church have taught me this, that this refers to when Jesus comes back, that it's not yet revealed what we shall be. Let's just go there for a little bit. Let me find that. I'm talking about 1 John 3, 1 through 3 right now. I'm just going to read first from the uh, Passion Translation. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. I mean, you could just stay there for six months and have your life transformed right there with that one line. Look with wonder. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize him. Beloved, we are God's children right now. Somebody say right now. This is a right now word we're speaking of tonight. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. There's limitlessness in that speak right there. In the voice translation, it says, the full picture of our destiny is not yet known. The fullness of who you are is being transformed out of you from a finished work that's taken up residence inside your flesh since you've become an ark of his glory. Brother Jerry was, was exhorting us about the tabernacle, about the ark. You, me, we are the ark of his glory. So the transformation that's needed is in order to bear up under a greater weight. A weight that is required and destined for you and me right now. You and me. You and me. You and me. Together as one. One of the things I wanted to mention to you about the house is that the Victory 1.0, I call it. I heard somebody say that. That kind of stuck with me. In those other years of Victory, Linford, I had a series of very defining dreams and visions that God spoke to me about myself and about the Victory House. And all of them manifested and either came into fruition and I watched co-laboring with the Spirit through prayer and intercession, changes, growth, direction, um, 
sometimes how to pray into a shift. It was various, the intent of what God graced me and allowed me to see at that moment, Miss Barbara. But there's this one that never got fulfilled. So when the gifts transitioned to Texas, I thought, well, that means it must be maybe something else. I started to look at it through a new set of lenses. And I won't go into all the details right now, but in part, I wanted to share with you part of the house identity tonight. Part of your identity as a company, as a group, as one body, as those that are with us that are not here in the building, and those that are coming to us that we yet have met, but they are destined to come alongside us. We do not know yet what we shall be. The Amplified out of 1 John 3, 1 through 3 says, Who knows how we'll end up? The NIV says, What we will be has not yet been made known. We are in a time of great preparing in the body of Christ. I... Um, just a little side note, a personal story. When I moved to Florida, I, I left my home, my church. I had just launched into ministry, and everybody around me, including my family and my mom, was like, what are you doing? That can't be God. I mean, it was just so off the radar for everybody. They never saw it coming, and frankly, neither did Jeff and I. God had to prepare us for almost a year. But once we accepted the word and, and we were preparing, I then began to seek God why he was bringing me to Florida. And I may have shared this the last time I was here sharing publicly, but I got one word, Larry. Prepare. I heard God say that's why he was bringing me to Florida. Prepare. And so... Over the years, I've been here almost 20 years, it's meant different things at different times, you know. But it means something altogether different now. The preparing that is required for our flesh to bear up under the weight of a greater outpouring. Some describe it, and I'm not a theologian, but some describe it, and, and I do believe that this is the process because I've seen it happen in my own life. It is the process of the glory being transformed and coming out of our flesh, and it's meeting with a glory that is coming on us as heaven comes to earth. It's a convergence of both. That's why I named Radiant Forge, Radiant Forge. It, it, Psalm 34 says, and our faces were made radiant when we looked at him, Jerry. And we were not ashamed. You know, so everything, Pastor Brian says it like this. You've heard him say it. Everything that's within you that can be shaken must be shaken. So that what can't be shaken will remain. What cannot be shaken that lives inside of you? His glory, the kingdom. My mind's going to shake. My relationships are going to shake. My own understanding, my own experiences, all that I've ever known of God can shake in this hour. Oh, sister. But we got we to gotta, we gotta gear up. And we, we want every, I got this saying here at the house, nobody left behind. It doesn't matter if you're 90 or if you're 9 or you're 9 months. Everybody's going. I am committed. I'm going to stand in the place of command where I make sure everybody within my influence and within my reach goes with me in this house. We need every one of us. This region, we're, we're an expression of, expression of this region. So, And we've heard the prophet talk about other houses coming, other ministries potentially coming and helping us. Many of us have already owned that. We're already praying into those ministries. We're already praying into the unity. We're already praying into the melting of hearts. 
We're talking about our house. The message Bible says, who knows how we'll end up. I remember talking about preparing and processes. and I just remember saying years ago, it wasn't long after I started coming to victory. I was just like, Lord, your holiness is so hard. I was just in a time of great change. I mean, he was really burning out some stuff in me as a Christian, a tongue-talking, praying intercessor, and he was burning some stuff out of me to make it more pure. And I just remember saying to him, I was driving to work. I still remember where I was. I was like, your holiness is so hard. And the voice of God spoke to me and said, my holiness is an honor. It transformed, Rachel, everything I saw from that point forward about God and what he wanted to do in me. It was no longer any effort of my own. Although I didn't mean to try to be holy, I was trying to be holy. We, we unintentionally end up trying to be holy. We don't mean to be holy like that, but we end up kind of just... You know, it ends up kind of those religious thoughts, they just kind of creep in every now and then. I like what John Paul Jackson says. He says, holiness comes through absorption. It means when you're sitting in between Father and Jesus, you're like real close to Him. So you're, oh, I'm sorry, I knocked your phone off. So you're picking up. What they sound like, what they smell like. You can see them eyes close up. You can feel their heart. You can know what they're thinking when you're close. And when you're with someone close and you can actually be in their presence. This is victory, a church of his presence. Come on. This is victory, a church of his presence. You carry him inside you, and what he's trying to do is come on us in a greater way. We are preparing, and we have all kinds of things going on in the limitlessness of God breaking open in the body throughout the globe. It is the best time to be a Christian. I I tell the women when we're together, I I told them, I said, don't don't worry if you're afraid. If you're freaking out and you're having panic attacks, and you're, that's okay. That's okay. Something's happening. Because something's shaking. That needs to be shaking. So let's just figure it out. Let's get to the root of it. Let's work on it. You want to be real, right? I like being real. I think that's why God's had me in five years of deep, inner healing, intensive ministry. It's because if we're not real... You won't see it. You won't experience it the way you're supposed to. Lord, burn in me. Just say it. Lord, burn in me. Burn away whatever needs to be burned away. That keeps me limited. That needs to shift my perspective. You know, I believe some of us have places that we haven't even considered God might be calling us to. And others of us have been in the same identity structure through the church. It was good. It worked for a season. You served in a certain gifting. You served in a certain office. You, ser- you see yourself a certain way in your Christian identity. But I'm telling you right now, in my life and in every Christian I'm seeing that's bowed before Jesus, if it's not what he wants from you in this hour, you need to be ready for a shift. You need to be ready for his eyes of fire. They try the righteous, the scriptures say. What that literally means, Dave Wilkerson put it like this. It says, when it says the eyes of God are like fire and he tries the righteous, it means he's looking at you, but then he goes, so That intense eye contact changes on purpose. It's for a purpose. It's to stretch you. It's to bless you. It's to enlarge you. It's for you to really see the man or woman of God you really are. 
I'm going to read y'all something. Somebody from this house wrote this. All who desire to be prepared for the coming manifestation of the sons of God must realize that such preparation is costly and expensive. We must accept the fact that the temple mount and the throne room are not cheap. Seeking God is expensive because He is the most valuable thing in the universe. In the end, it will cost you everything you have. All that you are. Three measures of barley for a penny and one measure of wheat for a penny. Oh, that I may know Him. Not just in a measure, but in the fullness that, oh, Lord, this is the cry of my heart. Have you counted the cost to so know him, dear one? The price we might have to pay to so know him is nothing compared to the glory to be revealed in us when we are filled with his fullness. Another way they could have wrote that is when the glory in us transforms and shines and meets the outpouring at the same time. It is as we seek him and tarry long enough in his presence, doing all his bidding, as he deals with us, that he actually pours the flask of oil of sonship anointing upon our heads in abundance, and all the character, wisdom, love, power, and glory we need to change our world and deliver creation. We know the scriptures say that the whole earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. So whatever level you've manifested to, you need to be preparing for it to manifest more. And we're going together, helping each other. Nobody left behind. It is as we gaze into His face in the light that the Spirit brings that His presence comes to rest upon us in fullness measure so that all about can see His glory. Is there any price too great to pay to seek and find the riches of the glory and power hidden in His presence? Dare we not spend all that we have to buy this treasure? All who truly seek to be prepared for the next great move of God are now putting aside every other interest and every other desire that would try to lure us away from undistracted devotion to Him. Darlene Kaus wrote that on Facebook about 60 days ago. She's been in a wonderful place of change. So going back to the dream that I saw years ago that I've not seen fulfilled or manifest yet, I believe I am quickly approaching that manifestation. And what that was, was a small company about the size of the meeting group that we've had over the last year. 150 to 250. We've we flowed in and out between 150 to 200 here tonight. It's a smaller group. And we were going out. Pastor Brian was getting ready to deliver the word. And we were going out, and we were leaving through the tunnel way that the NFL players go when they're in a game, and they're going into the stadium, and they walk up that ramp. You know, you've seen it in silhouette, the camera's behind them and they're walking out with their helmet in their hand. And they get out and they're in the presence of the whole stadium. And this company, it was the size of a rectangle, this small company. And we walked out and when we stepped out and we were presented to this stadium, the roar went up. Tens and tens and tens of thousands. You know, like the big Super Bowl stadium style. That's what it was. I have since learned, and this is what I come to talk a little bit about tonight, phalanx. It's a small rectangular ancient warfare formation. It's close ranked. 
They're all warriors. And they have interlock, interlocking shields, which speaks of my faith helping you, your faith helping me, because we can't do it alone. This particular style of formation is no longer used because it was an ancient warfare formation, but it is a pushing match tactic. Frontliners literally being pushed forward by the shields of the soldiers behind them. As the company evolved, they literally were like a battering ram, breaking front lines. Sounds a little bit like what our leader's going through right now by himself. I don't mean by himself like we're not with him. I mean by himself meaning like in the future, there could be some small companies from the house going to Washington or to India or to wherever and the nation's coming here, this formation, hear me prophetically, this function can be used in the house when the nations come here or when we do outreach. Whatever God tells us to do, we're going to do. But this speaks of identity and how we work together. It speaks of a ministry that's frontal assault. I did that at the women's meeting one night. I think I scared them, Pastor Jean. <laughs> but, but I just kind of have that attitude now. I, I've come too far. You know, I don't want to be half to my victory, get to the threshold or to the door, and then back down because I got panic attacks. I can't deal with it. Come on now. Come on. Let your identity be stretched. Let your limitless thinking be stretched. I've had my fair share of panic attacks. I come real close to a severe one this week. By the grace of God, it didn't manifest. But it didn't mean that there wasn't some shaking going on. But God, who is rich in mercy, wherewith he has loved me with an everlasting love, he heard my cry, and he delivered me, and he set my feet upon the rock, lifted my head far above all my enemies. That is the kind of courage we have to have together. Because when I'm weak, you'll be strong. And the day you're weak, I'll be strong. That's what the scriptures teach. We're one body. The leader of this type of formation, just so you know, this might be a little insight. His soldiers etched his words on the inside of their shields, their inspiration always in sight during battle. Speaks of submission, it speaks of obedience. It speaks of one-mindedness. It speaks of being willing to do whatever it takes. I love people on Saturday night when they're cleaning up. I mean, I just like, people are doing things. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> no, no, I got this. I got. And then other times they're like, Miss Donna, I got that. They'll come and take it. You know, there's such a unity already. I mean, the seedbed here. Let me just say, in case nobody's told you lately how beautiful you are. You're so beautiful. Each life so valuable. Priceless. Can't put a price on a life. Each life. Each person in each rank. Each line. Each shield of faith. Each heart. Each dreamer. Let's switch over to uh, Psalm 45. 
I said I wasn't going to get up here without my clock, but I did. So what time is it? Oh, okay. We're doing good. Okay. Psalm 45. This is talking about the glories of the Messiah and his bride. So, you know, the... There's a lot going on in the body of Christ right now around the planet. You know, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last time I spoke. Everybody knows that, okay, we, we know that there's no gender, right? No male, no female. I mean, we have gender, but I'm just saying that, I'm just saying that in, in the body, there's no gender. <laughs> I better make that clear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, oops. <laughs> Okay, let me just clarify. It, it says there's no, in, in Galatians, no male, no female, it says. No bond, no free, no Greek, no Jew, but we're all one, right? So, so women have to identify as the sons of God, and men have to identify as the bride. And, and so now many are saying that, you know, I'm not trying to, like, you know, make a doctrine here. <laughs> I'm not trying to offend anybody's belief system as far as where you think we are in the current hour of the church age. But we know that the body of Christ has come into a greater identity as the sons of God. It speaks of inheritance. It speaks of capturing the promises. And so the identity of the bride is really rising up in this hour. I mean, you just see it all over the place. Bridal company, bridal company, bridal canopy. And so, um, because last time I spoke, I spoke a little bit about seeing Jesus. I don't know who, who was here last time I spoke. I spoke on he decks himself and how Jesus is preparing himself and how there's a personal invitation day to day for you to meet with him and to see him. And to capture uh, the revelation of the fire of his love for you in an intimate way by engaging with him as the bridegroom who's preparing himself to come and meet with you. He decks himself. In this psalm, it's a wedding song. Some say it was for King Solomon, but many equate it, and you will see. To Jesus and his bride. So I'm just going to read it over you. If you want to follow with me, great. If not, just close your eyes and just receive Jesus' love for you right now. Just receive a change even in this hour of your identity shifting and the limitlessness that is available to you in prayer, in faith, in, in stewardship, in accountability, in, in aging, the grace, in not getting enough sleep. He who never slumbers nor sleeps, okay, press into a grace when you ain't slept enough. It's working for a lot. Psalm 45, my heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured over your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword upon your thigh, O mighty one, with your glory and your majesty. And in your majesty ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. And your right hand shall teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. Your throne, O oh God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness. More than your companions, all your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia. Out of the ivory palaces, that speaks of the white purity in the chambers by which they have made you glad king's daughters are among your honorable women at your right hand stands the queen in gold from Ophir listen O daughter consider and incline your ear 
Forget your own people also and your father's house. So the king will greatly desire your beauty. Speaks of preparation there. Speaks of processing. With the fire of God. Because he is your Lord, worship him. And the daughter of Tyree will come with a gift. The rich among the people will seek your favor. The royal daughter is all glorious within the palace. Her clothing is woven with gold. She shall be brought to the king in robes of many colors. It's talking about you right there. The virgins, her companions who follow her shall be brought to you. Speaking of purity. With gladness and rejoicing they shall be brought. They shall enter the king's palace. Instead of your fathers shall be your sons, whom you shall make princes in all the earth. I will make your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore the people shall praise you forever and ever. We're at an hour where our thinking, our submission, our character, our accountability, it all matters so much right now for every Christian. If you're under the sound of my voice by Facebook or an audio recording or in this house, it, it doesn't take long to get right with God. It just takes the positioning of your heart to shift. We have the advantage. You know, he's a defeated foe. Our enemy is defeated. So there really is nothing that God would ask of us or want to take us through that we're not already called to be equipped for and that he wouldn't qualify and do himself anyway because it's him. He does it. One of my favorite life scriptures, I quote it all the time. I'm sure I did last time. He perfected forever them that are being sanctified. So it speaks of that finished work and it speaks of what's being transformed or transfigured out of us. You know, our warfare has ended. It was one of the great mantra messages of Brian Gibbs in the early years of the first run of victory. Our warfare has ended. If you have not experienced God through understanding the Sabbath rest, then you're going to be challenged in this hour. Because unless we're capable of entering into rest, then we're limiting ourselves, we're sabotaging ourselves by not allowing our mind to be renewed to that part of our identity. We are seated with Him in heavenly places. You actually are already reigning. We know this because Paul writes that we are to what? Reign through the one, Christ Jesus. So the, the mind being renewed, as Bill Johnson says, is really our only problem because the enemy has been defeated. So if our mind is not being renewed daily by the word, then we're already short-sighting ourselves. We're short-changing ourselves by not allowing our thinking to line up with God's thinking. Well, even if you don't want to read the word every day, you at least should be soaking and trying to worship him and trying to develop a communication with him. So that you can learn to discern the voice. Amen? We have a place that has yet to be revealed as far as our company identity. It has taken shape and we see in part. But with what's happening in America and with what's happening within the church, surely... We recognize that we're a house. That's a front line's house. We, we, we have a vision for an apostolic hub. And we've heard Pastor Brian and Pastor Brian speak of that and some of what they have in their hearts. 
But we also know them well enough to know whatever the fire by night and cloud by day does, they're going to follow. This week, I prayed and I said, Lord, I've been praying for weeks. I said, Lord, I really want to hear what do you want me to say? What, what can I charge the people with? What can I charge them with? And I heard storm the door. Now, what's interesting is that some of the leadership team has already heard this and seen this. I had forgotten that when I heard that. It was only days later when I made notes that I was just quickened. You know, the word says the Holy Spirit brings to our remembrance. I was quickened over something Aaron had said. I was quickened over something Jane had said. And it all tied into storming the door. Who is the door? Jesus. And yet we also know that the garrisons of the mountains of the spheres of influence is gates and doors that have to be taken for the kingdom. And if you've not engaged already in prayer, if you've not engaged already in letting your heart be changed so that you can find the fullness of your position, then tonight's a good night to make a new commitment to that. I've made my decision. I'm going all the way. No turning back. Though none go with me. You remember the old song? Though none go with me. I know we have all had times where we've had to walk alone. But praise be to God. The body is together. And especially in this house. It is a time to lock in. If you've not locked in in prayer, we pray Tuesday nights and Thursday nights. You can get the phone call number on the calendar. There's copies in the hall. We're also going to have three special nights of prayer. The Gibbs have already announced it. Wednesday the 17th, Wednesday the 24th, Wednesday the 31st at Homewood Suites, 7 o'clock. Men and women, we're just going to go in there and pray together for each other, for the country, but especially for the midterm elections. This is a crisis moment in our nation. It is a defining time for Christians to storm the door. Amen? I actually did a little bit of research because I was curious as to some of the history behind that phrase, take by storm or storm the door, to conquer someone or something in a fury. And, and it also means to actually um, do it all at once. So it speaks again of that interlocking company togetherness. To take by storm means to succeed overwhelmingly with someone or some place or a group. To win or gain huge, widespread success. Now, see, that's a different perspective than storming the door like, you know, a military move. Although we need to think militarily. We are soldiers. We are farmers. We are long-distance runners. We are sheep. But we're being made into war horses. Ray Hughes, he has a great quote. He says, I have discovered that the methods by which man has prepared horses for war are in fact the same methods by which God is preparing his people for battle. I spoke last time about he decks himself. I talked about his jealous love, how he's cloaked in his zeal. And his zeal, that word in the Hebrew, it means a fiery, jealous love. He is so jealous over you, he won't let you be happy nowhere else other than with him. Besides, he has a right and a claim to your life. He died for you. So our lives are not our own. So we might as well just keep giving ourselves to him more and more and let him teach us what he's saying and doing and figure it out together. Because nobody's going to be left behind, Jane. Not in this house. Not on my watch. Every man, every woman, every child, 
We go together. If you're scared, get with somebody who's not scared. If, if you can't find somebody who's not scared, then call me and I'll find somebody who's not scared or I'll go do it with you. And if I'm scared and I call you, you better be there. Just saying. To storm the door or to take it by storm, it means to make a vivid impression upon something. It means to quickly win popular acclaim, a renowning, just like what I saw when we walked out in that stadium. The, the, the roar went up. And I was very aware. Not everybody's here for Jesus. Some people are here to be entertained as a spectator. You got to know. We got to know how to deal with all this together. We need each other to figure it out. But God, all my confidence is in Him. It's in His faithfulness. It's in His Word. It's in the finished work. It's in the blood. It's in the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo! I ain't got to trust your obedience. <laughs> you ain't got to trust mine. We trust Jesus within each other. Amen? Be extremely successful very quickly. We're going to close. Somebody shout, storm the door. Storm the door. Now, we talked about the door being two different things, right? So we want to press and go hard after getting into the heart of Christ in prayer, eating the word, staying built up, sharing our lives with one another, being accountable. Being real. And at the same time, we're also going to storm the door of the enemy. We're going to do our part in the country. We're going to represent Florida. We're going to represent this house and whatever else God entrusts us to represent. To be revealed. I want to talk in closing, and I really am going to wrap up. Jeff said, don't be one of those preachers, Donna, that do that over and over and over. So, When we talk about the justice of God, and when we talk about Him preparing us, and what He does inside of us, as we're getting to know His goodness, one thing that He's really impressed upon about me, and that's why I'm doing a workshop on it, is His justice. It's not just that God wants to help you to get back in relationship with Him or to come to know Jesus, but He actually wants to transform your whole life and your family, your health, finances, business, everything, your parenting, your purity imagery, how you see yourself. He is the one alone that gets to do this in the process he chooses for each of us individually and as a house. Proverbs 16.11, I'm just going to read a little bit from this. You don't have to turn there. But what it's talking about is about God's justice and how he works and how he alone has the sovereignty to have that place. I mean, let's think about it. I mean, his throne is justice. His throne is his righteousness and his justice. So speaking of his justice, it says, honest weights and scales are the Lord's. They're not mine. They're not yours. I, I don't even have the right to, to judge my husband's uh, choices, his, his, his actions for what he stewards, what he says yes and no to. I, I am ineffective and I'm out of order because God alone gets to choose how he wants to deal with Jeff. It's the same is true with all of us. That's why everybody knows that fighting in the church don't work. I mean, we know it doesn't work, but it especially won't work and can't work. And we got to all be equipped to ensure that we're interlocked with our shields of faith and community and relationship and bearing up under one another's burdens enough so that we can make sure that nothing penetrates our line. Going back to Proverbs 16, 11. 
All the weights in the bag are his work or his concern. Just balance and honest scales are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his concern, established by his eternal principles. Another version says, Lord, the Lord demands accurate scales and balances. He sets the standards for fairness. I mean, everybody who's kept up with what's going on in the courts and the judiciary knows that God is cleaning the judiciary. He's, he's cleansing the government. He's cleansing America. He's cleansing the church. He's cleansing me. He's cleansing you. He's changing our identity so that the fullness of who we were created to be will come forth because it says the whole earth is groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God. I want to read one more thing, and this is just a quick note. We must deal with control. We must deal with hesitation. We must deal with our faith. We must deal with our perseverance. We must deal with what it's going to take to cross over. God is doing a new thing. It is there that we will meet with him in that newness. Let's just pray together. I'm going to let Jerry close, but let's just pray together as I step aside. If you want to stand up, you can. It's serious. It seems like, you know, years ago, I had a certain grace if I missed it or if I messed up. You know, it, it, it was dealt with. But now, if I were to make those same mistakes that I made 20 years ago or even five years ago, the intensity of the anguish that I cause the Spirit or Jesus, it affects me differently now. You know, so I, I just want to encourage someone in their change perspective, understanding of themselves and your walk with God, the fire of God that blesses and that enlarges also corrects and teaches and scourges. It's not a time to not be real. It's not a time to not be accountable. It's not a time to put limits on yourself or on God. I just want you to imagine right now. Just raise your hands to the Lord. Just say, Lord, help me. I want the fullness. Anything in my thinking or in my perspective or in my perceptions that's not of you I give you permission to change it help me Lord so that I can do my part be at my place of assignment and let you have your way in what you're transforming through me. I just bless you right now. I just pray right now over each individual life, each family, each marriage, each home, each business, father, mother, healing Lord 
I pray right now that the treasury gifts of revelation and knowledge and understanding and wisdom and the might of God, the counsel of God, the fear of the Lord break open and dump tonight on the house in the name of Jesus winds of change I loose you to blow and take us I did believe that I would ascend into the mountain of Zion I did believe I will ascend into the mountain of Zion you have full access victory if you're hurting if you're challenged, if you can't get a breakthrough, we're, somebody will encamp around that situation till it breaks. We're going to storm the door, saints. We're going to storm the door of who He is, the fullness of Jesus being revealed to us, the fullness of our identity being known and then manifested. yourself we need you the Lord needs you I was thinking this week about that scripture where they sent the disciples over and said tell the man I, I need that that, uh, that uh, donkey or that mule whatever it was said, tell, tell him that the Lord has need tell him that the Lord has need it burned in me all week this week praying for you guys the Lord has great need for you Usually the ones that feel like, oh, what can he do with me? They're the ones that's needed the most. Be encouraged. It's a win-win situation. thank God for the word. <clears throat> you are the ecclesia. You are the ecclesia. Jesus said upon this church, upon the ecclesia. You are a group, a body that can stand at the gates of Sarasota, that can stand at the gates of this region, this country. And we're on the cusp of no abortion being done in our land. <laughs> marriage being established the way God said it is family being established the way God said it is Ecclesia will arise. I thank God for what Donna has said. I thank God that every word that was spoken will become deeply seated on the inside of us and become living, living, living on the inside of us. I could see I, 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 <laughs> the old Coke bottles. And I could see it just bubbling on the inside and just uncapping all across the room. Pop, 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 pop. Uncapping. Taking the limits off. 
And I thank God that she ended up saying, may the winds blow. Pastor Brian last week ended up saying that there could be some of us, he didn't say it in these words, but it could be a course correction. Course correction. When you look down at your phone and you have a certain destination and then it redoes it again. And you're looking back again and, you, and some of you might be saying, I thought God you said course correction. And Pastor Brian said, and Donna was saying, there could be things that Just brace yourself. This is why we have to be hearing properly to our Father. You are sheep in His pasture, and you know His voice. If you lift your hands, I bless your time with your Heavenly Father. I bless your time with your Heavenly Father this week. Your time with your family that you will hear him properly, and you will hear him clearly, and you will hear when he makes course corrections. I thank you, I thank you, God, that you're strengthening our inner man, causing us to be more confident in your voice, causing us to be more confident in what you have said and what you have declared over us. In spite of what it looks like, we will hold tight to your words. Go out blessed, Victory, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.